Hello, you are listening to The Matrix is Real. My name is Neo. Thanks for listening. I wanted to talk to you today about the new information that was just released, the new statistics for COVID-19 from the CDC. Um, over, this, over the past few days, the CDC quietly updated its COVID-19 mortality or death rate. Um, and lo and behold, all of the conspiracy theorists that said a few months ago that this was nothing more than a really, really bad flu, if that, uh, who were absolutely destroyed and taken down in, uh, in the mainstream media, um, are vindicated. And that is exactly what we are dealing with. Um, the death rate for COVID-19 is officially lower than that of the seasonal flu. Um, which begs the question, and which is what we've been asking this entire time, how much of these lockdowns and orders and, and recommendations and face masks and pusher vaccines are actually about public health and safety? The answer, in my opinion, is it has nothing to do with it. Um, Stanford's top epidemiologist uh, back, I believe, in March said that the survival rate for uh, COVID-19 for anyone under the age of 70 years old was 99.96%. So the death rate was only 0.04%. This man was absolutely uh, shamed in the media and um, that's, it turns out he was right and all these other people were. Um, So there's a few reasons, in my opinion, why these um, lockdowns and orders and everything are not going to be reversed. Um, number one, again, this is about controlling people. It's about uh, making people completely submissive to the government and um, elevating uh, scientists and government officials to that the ranks of, in my opinion, uh, religious institutions where you can't even question um, their their opinions, their beliefs, or their statistics without being absolutely shamed uh, for them. Um, We are living in in 1984. This is uh, Orwell's um, dystopian warning uh, coming alive right in front of our eyes. Um, But the other reason why these lockdowns won't be reversed is because everyone within the government, not just the United States government, but all over the world, everyone that was involved in implementing these policies um, is going to have to answer for them if they admit with their actions that the lockdowns were a mistake. If any of these politicians, scientists, anyone comes forward and says, look, the new evidence suggests that it's actually not that bad. Uh, maybe we should you know, reverse all these orders and lockdowns. You're, the public is going to be outraged because remember, this isn't just about people getting sick and dying. This is about the entire economy being destroyed. Um, and, you know, tons of people, millions and millions of people all over the world losing their jobs simply because they were not, they didn't have the freedom to go to work. Your employer didn't have uh, the, the freedom to open the business and, and allow you to come in and pay you uh, because the government said no. Now, this is a slippery slope toward absolute full-on totalitarianism um, because think about Everything that has changed in the span of about six months, in a span of about six months, seven plus billion people are officially under complete mind control. We're out walking around with face masks and hand sanitizing our hands nonstop and keeping a distance of six feet from everyone and completely changing the way that we interact with each other in society over something that isn't even real. Like COVID-19 is a real thing in the sense that it is an inf- a virus. People can get infected from it. 
and some people can die just like you know anything else just like the flu or, or any other common common illness um, but that's not how people are acting people are acting as if Ebola is airborne and if you come into contact with anyone and potentially contract it you're instantly going to be dead or you know you have a 50 50 chance and of course that's not reality um, so I keep telling people uh, face masks is just step one uh, the next bigger step is uh, the vaccine and we know already that some of the front runners um, are you going to utilize some different technologies which are the first of their kind for this vaccine um, aside from the the health risks of rushing a vaccine to market as quickly as they are uh, a typical vaccine takes anywhere between five up to ten years uh, for trials and safety evaluations but this is already you know practically to market within about six months and um, let's ignore the health risks just for a second. Um, I'll touch on them just briefly. Coronavirus is not a new virus that they've been trying to make a vaccine for. They've been trying to make it for a long time, and it's just they, they haven't been able to, to, to get it right. In almost all the clinical uh, trials that they, uh, that they did, when they tested on animals, they tested on ferrets specifically, um, they found that the ferrets overwhelmingly actually had... Uh, worse symptoms after receiving the virus uh, the, the vaccine and the reason why is the body when it is responding uh, to uh, the, the virus if it's not responding to the the exact one that it's prepared for it can actually cause an autoimmune reaction where the virus actually ends up attacking the host even more so so again that's just one that's the health and that's anyone should anyone I don't care you know conspiracy theorist you know Christian uh, doesn't matter Republican conservative Democrat doesn't matter what you are what ideology what political class association anything of that just how fast this should be rushed is being rushed to market should make you pause already especially when you consider that the survival rate for this is pretty much 99.99% I mean it's it's almost almost 100% so uh, the the other technologies that are going to be introduced in this, um, you can actually look this up, and I and I, I challenge you to, I implore you to, because I don't want you to blindly um, accept and believe what I'm telling you. I want you to, to come to your own conclusions. Um, the first mainstream vaccine uh, trial for COVID nineteen, I believe, is uh, run out of the University of Pittsburgh, and in it they talk about what's called the micro needle array. It is a new vaccine delivery system. That is not a traditional, you know, syringe with a needle. Um, it actually looks like a little square bandaid. Um, and uh, there's a few reasons why they're going in a different direction. Uh, the first one is if you don't have a traditional syringe, you don't need people to go to a medical professional or health healthcare professional, like a nurse or a doctor, to get the vaccine. Um, you can't just ship, you know, needles to people's houses. The the risk for them hurting themselves or not doing it correctly is obviously very high. So. Um, the micro needle array patch is uh, is very very um, relatively quote safe as they as they say because there's no actual like needle involved. They're all like basically microscopic needles, um, and uh, it can be self-administered. In addition to being very very inexpensive, which they're trying to mass produce this right now. What they're not telling you though in the micro needle array patch, when you, so you put it on your hand, you press down firmly on your hand, and then you kind of peel it away. That is how the vaccine is delivered. But that's not it. Once you get the vaccine, you get what's called a quantum dot tag, which, according to Rice University, is described as a digital barcode. 
Um, the quantum dot tag can actually be scanned by modified smart devices. And as of right now, the stated goal and purpose is to make everyone's vaccination history available to be read by the health agencies or government agencies on demand by scanning you. Um, so obviously, it's already a bit of an invasion of privacy, but that's just one area of what they can do with this. There's another patent out there. So I should backtrack a little bit. This the micro needle array is patented technology. Guess who owns the patent? I'll, I'll wait. Just just think, think. Bill Gates. I bet you might have been thinking that, but Bill Gates owns it via the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They worked in partnership with MIT to develop this technology. And um, if you stick, take it even a step back further, uh, there is also a patent application on file uh, from Microsoft Corporation, which again, Gates is a shareholder of. Um, he might have stayed ba- stepped back, I believe, from the board of directors and um, you know his official duties, but he is, as far as I know, still a, a direct owner of Microsoft. But they own a patent, and the patent ID, again, look it up. It's 2020-060606A1. If you type that into Google, one of the, I think the first hit should be uh, Google Patents. And if you pull it up, it's a very, the description is pretty long, but if you kind of just browse through it, essentially, this patent allows them to convert the human body into an electronic electronic currency system a cryptocurrency payment system so to sum it up just to make it easy to understand right now we have apple pay on our phones or on our watch right outside of our body the next step is going to be making a fully cashless society so gone is is any sort of privacy with regard to how you're spending your money and in the name of quote security and safety they're gonna put your money basically in or on your body so again, um, you're more easily controlled, but according to what they're telling the public, this is for your safety and your security. Uh, it was Benjamin Franklin, I, I believe, that said, um, those that trade safety for security deserve and will get n- neither. And that's exactly what uh, we stand stand to lose here. Um, imagine a world where every single transaction can be traced. There's no more hiding in the shadows. Um, if, if you're a, a sole proprietor or an independent contractor that gets paid in cash, that's that's done. Now everything will be taxed, everything will be tracked, and the government will know pretty much everything about you. Um, but taking it a step further, in addition to the ability to make it a, a money system and also um, their ability to basically track you and scan you as a commodity, so to speak... Um, they also have something called uh, hydrogel, which is a nanotechnology substance that was developed by uh, the Department of Defense, specifically DARPA. This is the same agency that's all also developing uh, very advanced uh, autonomous artificial intelligence robots. Um, if you haven't seen the videos, Boston Dynamics is the company that uh, DARPA basically operates, and uh, Boston Dynamics makes some really, really scary stuff. Um, I've seen videos of their robots, you know, performing very complex, um, very complex uh, movements, um, you know, literally getting knocked on the ground and either maintaining their balance before they hit the ground or hitting the ground and getting right back up. Uh, If you didn't see it, uh, another one uh, over the weekend, uh, people on Twitter captured um, Boston Dynamics uh, little uh, dog. Uh, It's a yellow and black four-legged robot that looks kind of like a dog. 
And everyone, if you haven't seen the episode of Black Mirror, there is an episode that's almost exactly like what you see in real life. And now this thing is patrolling the streets in various parts of the world. So an agency that is basically dealing with if you, like a Terminator-type movie scenario where you have robots that could be armed and made lethal, this same entity, the same agency, is also developing stuff that's supposedly supposed to help with people's health. Now, I don't know about you, that makes almost no sense to me, but hydrogel, what is it, what does it do? Well, it's a nanotechnology substance, so that means that there are microscopic uh, robots, essentially, and um, the hydrogel enables the recipient to receive information wirelessly, but also to transmit information wirelessly. So, this all again goes back to its deception. They're telling people this is for your safety. Uh, if you've got, for example, a heart problem, we can remotely monitor your heart. And if you ever, you know, if we ever see that your heart's weak, or you, you know, you're getting low on your medication, or, or your medication is not reaching the right levels as you're taking it, we can, you know, we can react and modify. We can change your dosage. We can uh, come bring it in for a scan. You know, whatever the situation is, and that sounds great. You know, that, that sounds wonderful. But the second qu- immediate question is: that's downloading information from you. What possible information are they going to transmit to you? Think about that. So if you get this this vaccine, you have a barcode on your body, so you're you're like a, a commodity item, you know, something you could buy at the grocery store, um, and you're now a wireless hotspot slash smart device, essentially, that can have information pulled from it, but also have information uploaded to it. So the first question for me is, could they conceivably have the ability to affect people's moods? Could they have people uh, the ability to uh, affect people's decision making um, in a time of potentially mass hysteria? Could they, you know, turn turn up the dial t- to have people react in a very very specific way that f- fulfills uh, their agendas? And for me, the answer is obviously yes. Um, but you know, we we will have to wait and see. It's just the, the writing is on the wall. And going back to the the, the patent twenty twenty zero six zero six zero six a one. If you take out the zeros, it's 2020-666. I don't know if you're a religious person, if you've read the Bible, Revelation, it doesn't really matter. If you know anything about uh, the prophecies in Revelation, it's literally happening, like right in front of us. And for me personally, I don't put a lot of stock in the Bible. The Bible was in large part put together by the Roman Empire. Um, What I look at the Bible as is not only a tool of control, but also a method of disclosure to um, may allow the people to be aware of what's going to happen so they are essentially willing participants. Uh, what people don't realize about the elites of this world is that um, they are occultists and they very much believe in uh, essentially black magic. Now, one of the basic tenets uh, of black magic or any sort of magic is you have to have people's not only involvement but belief. The belief is what gives it the power. So, for example, 9-11... 2001, the most watched and uh, 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 event in history on planet Earth. Um, was, it was essentially a big ritual, right? Everyone watched it. Everyone participated. It, everyone was told that it was terrorist when in fact it wasn't. It was the United States government, the Saudis, and various other intelligence agencies that were involved, um, which no one still to this day has been brought to justice for. The only people that were arrested were the, the, the quote, terrorists. None of the, none of the people that actually were involved in the government, from the FBI to the Saudis, none of them were, were ever uh, pursued. But now, here we are, about 20 years later, 
and it's another mass ritual. Um, one thing that that people don't realize is that uh, the face mask historically was was literally used as a muzzle. Um, back in the the days of slavery in the United States, it was actually pretty common for uh, slave owners to basically put masks over their um, over their slaves, uh, especially like during transport, because it was a ma- they they knew it was a way to make them submissive. And it's a way to dehumanize them so they are more passive and, and, and less resistant to you. Um, it, covering the face takes away a large part of your identity. And in my opinion, the reason why is when we talk about communication and talking to people, um, the majority of communication is nonverbal. It's the, what you're not saying. It's what you're saying with your facial expressions, with your body language, with your gestures, with your eye, you know, everything. It's all in one. The face, if you cover up your ability to make expressions, you're literally just looking somebody in the eye and your eyes, yeah, they can change a little bit, but they're not, the eye is obviously not the most expressive part of your body. Um, the other thing that it does as far as ritualistic is it, it essentially is telling the world who you serve, whose side you are on. Um, I, I, I believe in God and uh, I follow the teachings of uh, Jesus of Nazareth, aka uh, Isa, um, as known in, uh, in in the Muslim faith and in Buddhism and in other parts of uh, Asia. But uh, Jesus specifically said, "A man cannot serve two masters, for if he serves two, he will love one and hate the other." Jesus also told us that we should have we should not fear anyone or anything other than God. We should not trust anyone or anything other than God. So I look around at these face masks. Anyone wearing a face mask is showing their allegiance to the government, to the state, to secular government of man. And they are showing that they trust and have more faith in scientists and government, which lie to them repeatedly, rather than their creator. And this is what... the, the judgment day revelation it was never about the second coming of Jesus and I'll get into the reasons of why at a different time but in my opinion this, the second coming the day of judgment is about deciding once and for all who serves who and um, I'm encouraged because I see a lot of people a lot of people waking up a lot of people not buying the bullshit anymore the problem is is when when the time comes are people going to put up or shut up Imagine living in a world where you don't have a social security number, like if you're in the United States or whatever other country you're in, I'm, I'm, almost every country on earth that I'm aware of has uh, a tax identification number for purposes of taxation, you know, driver's license, registration, that sort of thing. Um, but imagine trying to live in a society without a social security number, if you're, in the, if you're in the United States. Your ability to open a bank account, to get credit, to... Um, easily uh rent a house or an apartment to get um to get uh, a car rental to if, if you're in a state that has legalized cannabis to buy legalized cannabis because uh if you don't have an id you can't go in the shop you have to buy it from the black market so it's not going to be easy is the point and that's why a lot of people i think are going to be deceived at the end of the day is most people they don't want to stand up for what's right unless it's convenient for them and I'm here to tell you that now is the time to stand up. It might be, uh, you might be, <coughs> you might be standing alone 
and, and running against the crowd for a little bit. But if enough of us stand up against with each other and against the system, <coughs> then we can have real change. And I see two worlds splitting apart. I see uh, a, a part of the population basically going down with the Titanic and everyone else deciding to solve their own problems and live in peace and harmony once and for all on this planet. Um, ultimately, why do we need the government? Like, Really, why do we need the government? As far as I can tell, the government is just a middleman. The government doesn't build anything. It doesn't actually do anything other than creating rules that usually make life harder for most people and stealing people's money and using that money oftentimes to uh, carry out violence on other people in other countries and many times carry out violence on their own citizens through police, through taxing authorities like IRS and the state, uh, whatever state government uh, taxing authority you have. Um, and so that's that's ultimately what this whole thing is about. Um, my personal belief, again, is that COVID-19 vaccine is the mark of the beast. It is It is the absolute ultimate form of control. And once you have it, you are officially a slave. You are officially a piece of property. And the reason why your property is the, the vaccine, again, it's made out of modified RNA. Uh, the main company that's, that's leading the, the, the race right now is a company called Moderna, which actually stands for modified RNA. Modified RNA, the way it works is they take a, a small piece of the, of the virus, call it a code, and they put it in your body. And it, it enters your body on a, on a cellular level, on the, it, it's in the human genome, in your DNA structure. And your DNA, your body, takes it and starts reproducing it. Now, again, this has never been done in history. And the, um, the pharmaceutical companies are assuring us that this is something that will be temporary. But what if it's not temporary? What if this is permanent? And for the rest of your life, your body is producing small, you know, small, weak, amounts of COVID-19, which may not kill you and, and you know, won't make you sick. However, here's the danger. You, you may not know this, but you cannot patent something that, that exists in nature. You can't patent an organic potato that grows naturally in nature because it's nature, right? But the Supreme Court in the United States and in other parts of the world has ruled over and over and over again that you can patent modified nature. So that's the whole reason why GMOs exist. That's the whole reason uh, why this whole thing is important because the second you get that shot, let's pretend just for a second that it is permanent. As long as your body is producing that exact form of COVID-19 in your body from the injection or from the, from the vaccination, you technically have a piece of patented property circulating in your body. Now, legally speaking, that makes you Essentially, property of the vaccine maker who gave you the vaccine and who you accepted the vaccine from. So, just to sum up, we're going to be, anyone that goes along with this is going to be a barcoded commodity that can be potentially influenced and have information taken from them. Anything from your location, potentially to your what you're saying, and could potentially influence how you feel, how you act, what you think. And... Um, Lastly is your owned is your whole your body is no longer essentially your choice and your freedom you are partly owned by a, a corporation and uh, again if you're not religious this is enough to make everyone raise an eyebrow um, 
the last thing I just wanted to touch on before I go today is that um, Jesus was someone that I feel very much was going to unite the world, and that's why he became so important. Um, but over the years, over the past 2,000 years, his message and, and his um, historicity, the, how accurate the history of Jesus uh, is, has been co-opted and manipulated by the powers that be. Uh, most people don't know that the Bible in its current form was um, canonized uh, and put together um, at the Council of Hippo, and that's where they decided uh, what would be included in the Bible and what would not be included in the Bible. Uh, various parts of the Bible were actually rewritten to um, to make that you know look look better or, or make it more understandable, or whatever. But it, the Bible was not like most people think, just you know handed down by God in one book. Which, if God literally wrote the Bible, I I think I can think of no better way to write up write uh, write something than to find one person and to give them all the information, especially if you're God, and say write it down. But that's not what happened. Obviously, it was over the course of hundreds and hundreds of years, many different authors, various parts of the world, they put they picked and choose which ones they wanted, and they discarded the rest. So again, why is this important? Jesus was the most wanted man in the Roman Empire when he was crucified. He not only posed a, a threat to the um, to the ruling priestly elite, uh, so religion, but he also posed a big threat to the Roman Empire itself. He was beginning to combine people of different faith, races, and backgrounds, and they were uniting against a common enemy, which was the Roman Empire, or or uh, the idea of the, the the that the enemy of your enemy is also your friend. I don't look at other human beings as my enemy. We may all be different, but at the end of the day, we love our families, we love our kids, we love our friends, we like to have fun, we like to be left alone, and we like to make our own decisions in peace and not be not be uh, harassed or told what we can or can't do by people that don't even know us. So that's where I see this thing going is, and I'm going to be talking more about it, if the truth of Jesus is revealed to the masses, it could unite Four of the biggest world religions. You've got Christianity, you've got Judaism, you've got Islam, and you've got Buddhism. Jesus was a prominent figure in all four of these religions. He was actually one of the, I believe he's the most mentioned person in all of the Quran. And um, Buddhist manuscripts that were found by a man named Nicholas Notovich and and further corroborated by famous uh, um, artist uh, Nicholas Rourke. Uh, and also um, uh, Swami Anana Hadana, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, also, um, Madam Kaspari, um, a Supreme Court Justice from the United States. Uh, all these people not only saw these documents, but also verified uh, the stories of them and also um, confirmed that these stories and legends existed orally all over. Uh, all over Asia. Everyone knows about Jesus in Asia. He's known as Isa, but everyone knows about him. And they all have stories that he not only visited there, but studied, lived there, and even potentially died there. And if you look at the history of Jesus in the Gospels, there's about 17 years uh, missing from his life. It's my opinion, based on the facts and based on the history, that Jesus was went to India and studied in various parts of India where he learned basically Buddhism, and he kind of combined the philosophies and the ideas from Buddhism to 
the ideas that he had from his own Jewish faith and essentially came to clarify God's will to the people that we need to unite as one. So that's Buddhism. Uh, Jesus in the Quran was also a prophet of sorts. He was the Messiah, um, but he wasn't God. He wasn't the son of God, uh, which is what the Christian faith says. He was a son of God, just like we all are sons of God, just like we are all daughters of God. Uh, and that's, again, the whole point is that, um, and, and uh, let me back up. Uh, also, Jews, there's always that joke, you know, oh, the Jews killed Jesus, you know, that's why they don't like him. That's actually not true. The Jews did not kill Jesus. Um, in the Buddhist manuscripts, it actually says that the priestly elite, um, they actually didn't conspire with the Romans to kill him. They actually absolved him of any crimes. And they said, we can't sentence an innocent man to death. We've we've interrogated him. We've asked him the questions we've asked. And he's not speaking blasphemy or heresy. He's saying exactly what we believe. But it was actually Pontius Pilate and the Romans that saw the threat that Jesus posed, not just to the, his, religious, his religion and religions in the area, but he threatened the very existence of the Roman Empire's ability to control people. And they ruled people by absolute fear and, and pounded them into submission. Um, following Jesus' crucifixion, and I'm not going to say death because there's actually a lot of evidence that Jesus survived his crucifixion and fled to Saranghar, uh, Kashmir. But... But anyway, after the crucifixion, um, just to show how powerful Jesus was and in, 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 in his very existence, it wasn't after his at his actual crucifixion, but years later, his brother, James, who was known as James the Just in Jerusalem, um, was actually executed uh, in the middle of a power vacuum. And it resulted in uh, Jerusalem and Judea uh, raising arms and um, taking taking on the Roman Empire. Uh, you know, they, they were burning down um, the, the Roman supply chains and they were attacking the soldiers that were patrolling and uh, it, it resulted in, I believe it was Emperor Titus um, uh, dispatching uh, all the full might and force of the Roman Empire on Jerusalem and literally burning the city to the ground so there were no survivors um, the, the, the Jews were willing to take up arms because they loved and cared about not only uh, James but also Jesus and the way we're going to win this thing, it's not going to be fighting back. Uh, fighting back, it plays into the narrative, and it, it goes against what Jesus commanded us to do. Jesus' most, in my opinion, most important command was to not resist evil with evil. Um, the whole idea of an eye for an eye, vengeance that that doesn't that creates more violence, and it it, it, it continues a cycle of hate and 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 pain and suffering and. The only way that you can stop that is by loving your enemies and uh, responding to hate with love. So, uh, I don't care if you're a Jew, a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. I don't care if you've got white skin, black skin. If you're from China, if you're from uh, you know Saudi Arabia, I don't care if you you know what you, what mistakes you've made in your life or you know how much money you make. I don't care about any of it. It's a simple point, and it's this. The time is coming where we're, where we're going to have to decide who we really serve, who we really stand with, and uh, you have to make a choice. And you, you've probably made it already, but your choice is, are you going to stand with tyranny just because it's more convenient? 
Or are you going to make the tough choice and stand for what's right and stand for your brothers and sisters and God? I don't care what God you believe in. There is only one God. There is only one creator of this universe. And that creator is known by many different names. But there is only one God. And we have to decide if we're going to serve God or not. Um, I just want to say thank you again for listening. Uh, You've been listening to The Matrix is Real. My name is Neo. Out.